Hi, CityCast listeners. It is time to get together and process the week's Houston news. Today, I am doing that with CityCast producer Carleon Jones and with Rachel Carlton, a Report for America fellow who covers Harris County Commissioner's Court for Community Impact Newspaper. It's Friday, September 2nd, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. All right, Rachel, what do you think the biggest story of the week has been? The biggest story of the week for me has been a study out of the Quattrone Center for the Mm -hmm. Fair Administration of Justice, Uh which is a research hub based out of the University of Pennsylvania Law School. And this study analyzed the effects of misdemeanor bail reform in Harris County. Which has been just a huge deal, right? Absolutely. It's political. It's being talked about a ton. Yeah. Right. And what did they find? Well, basically, that misdemeanor bail reform is working how it was intended. So in 2017, a federal injunction was handed down to, instead of charging people, you know, money bail, people charged with a certain type of misdemeanor were released Mm -hmm. instead. So no bail, Mm -hmm. you get out, and then you're expected to come back for your court date. Mm -hmm. And, And this is important for poor people who basically don't have money to put up bail and so can end up staying in jail and losing their jobs. Right. Right. And that was the big issue is people were not only staying in jail, but sometimes just pleading guilty so that they could get out of jail earlier. Oh, which gives them a criminal record. Yeah. That maybe they didn't deserve. Right. But it's been a hot topic in the county since then. There was a settlement in 2019 where all of the criminal courts, the law judges, the new incoming ones got together and said, hey, we're going to just do things differently. We're going to agree with this injunction, settle this case. And so the this, this study itself um, found five big things. First is that mm-hmm. plea rates fell by 15%. So people aren't pleading guilty as much. Wow. Just to get back to their families and their jobs. Right. Since they don't have to post bail anymore, they're being released. Yeah. And you're seeing a reduction in guilty pleas. Additionally... of defendants overall just avoided conviction. So that saves Harris County a lot of money, as well as saving people having to be in jail. Yeah, yeah. And the likelihood of a jail sentence fell by 17%. So all of these together, you're seeing savings for the county, and then, of course, for the people involved. I mean, clearly there was some sort of issue if people are pleading guilty less and are being convicted less. And so, you know, when I'm listening to candidates talk about crime, bail reform is on the issue. You know, the idea is that people are getting out of jail who ought to be in jail. And this is basically saying, no, in fact, this is not making us less safe. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it'll be really interesting to see as we head into the judicial races in November, which typically get very little attention. Um, It'll be interesting to see how this study plays into that. Yeah. Okay. So like, I always think that when people are voting judges, they have no idea what they're doing. And so maybe they're just going to check to see if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I've had a a conversation with um, Mark Jones from Rice. He's a political science professor. And he was talking Uh to me about the political side of all of this. Basically, yes, it's just check D or R. Um, even 
after getting rid of straight ticket voting, it's still looking like it's going to be similar to that as it was before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no matter (laughs) what the facts are. Here we go. All right, Carly, what about you? What do you think the big story has been this week? So the big story for me was um, something that people probably saw all over the news about the uh, Roy Craven, who was a longtime tenant facing eviction in a oh. Southwest Houston housing complex. He set fire to this complex and waited for the residents to come outside and shot some, a few of them. Killed um, them. Killing, them. Yeah, yeah. He killed yeah. three of them. And um, this was about one in the morning. And it was so bad that firefighters even were taking cover when they were coming to stop the flames. The building owner um, said that whenever he went to go talk to him about the eviction, that he was calm and just handed over the keys with no problem. He had been living in this building for nine years. Yeah. Nope. Okay, to be fair, this is the building owner who was taking over his scary dogs. Yes, with yes. Him. <laughs> yes, he, he, he had wasn't dogs. serving official eviction papers. Mm-hmm. He was letting the dogs do the talking. So, yes. If he I was. were being told I had to get out, I might not want to make the scary dogs mad at me. Well, this is true. This is very true. Yeah, and the but the building owner himself was actually a um a lawyer. Uh-huh like a Houston yeah. lawyer, and he does this on the side. So it's just the whole <laughs> this story. This is such, like... Yes, it's This so... is a criminal novel, yeah. Like a... Yes, <laughs> it's so crazy. And the shooter yeah. um, had, like, a, a little bit of a, a criminal record. He had an ag- aggravated assault charge with a deadly weapon in 1997, and yeah. uh, he was arrested on a, ju- a drug charge in 2008. But besides this, one of the neighbors said that the shooter had colon cancer and oh. was behind on his rent because he didn't have a job. So this is just like, you know, it was a, a form really, of suicide almost. Yeah, yeah. As well as killing his neighbors. Yes, because the the police did um, when they arrived on the scene, they did shoot the shooter dead. So it, yeah. I don't know. It was just a really like tough thing to see happening in our town, and I just hate that this happened to those victims. Um, But it was a huge story. Yeah. And I guess it should make anyone nervous. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, the story that I was really watching and I am still watching is about NASA's Artemis mission. So on Monday morning, it's scrubbed. Okay. So we have this giant new rocket system that is key to NASA's big plans. You know, the idea is that we are starting this Artemis mission to take us back to the moon and go on to Mars. And if all this works, we're going to like send the first woman and the first person of color to the moon as early as 2025. There are all these big hopes and dreams. Um, And the worry is that if we can't get this this test flight with no crew to work, you know, if something bad happens, that we might lose our political will to do all of that. I don't know if y'all have watched the um, Apple TV series For All Mankind, but it's set in this alternate universe where the Russians got to the moon first. 
and that inspires the U.S. to really push into space in a way that we didn't do after we won. Mm. And we're at one of those inflection moments again with space. If this thing works, maybe, you know, humans leave this planet and set up elsewhere. But anyway, the rocket, something went wrong. They've been trying to figure out what is going on with this giant space launch system. Mm -hmm. And it's reset right now for 2.17 p.m. on Saturday. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure you'll be watching. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, the nerd in me is just <laughs> obsessed with this. <laughs> All right, Rachel, what do you think the most overlooked story was this week? There was a violence prevention conference held at NRG and hosted by Harris County Public Health. And I think there may have been some coverage that maybe dismissed the conference as a just another political, something on the political agenda. But I got to tune in for four, five, six sessions, and it was really, really interesting. So crime oh. has been just like hot button issue for the past couple years, especially right now as we head into election season. But what was really interesting mm -hmm. is we had speakers come who were talking about what they're doing on the prevention side. So um, particularly there's one department in public health that's working on two pilot programs focused in Cypress Station and one other area of Houston um, where they see a really high rate of violence and then also um, it's an area that ranks really high on the social vulnerability index. So these are people who really need resources to thrive. Yeah. Okay. So people who need money and, you know, maybe education, other, other things. Yeah. 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 So, and so one of the programs they have as kind of an alternative to law enforcement. So instead of dispatching someone from the sheriff's office, the sheriff's office will receive a call and say, Hey, I think this is better for this response team um, which is a team of two. They have an EMT and they have crisis intervention specialist. So rather than sending someone in a law enforcement uniform, you have someone who's supposed to de-escalate the situation, has just a very different set of skills. So the team's responded to 700 calls so far this year. Wow. So like if you've got somebody who seems to be high on the street, you might send a crisis counselor. You're not going to send this to a bank robbery. No, no. And the, and they're very clear about that. The, and the idea is that you save the sheriff's office, um, like their resources to focus on what the actual violent issues in the community. Yeah. And in a way that does some of the stuff that bail diversion does. It helps people who maybe should not be pushed into a criminal path stay out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'll just be curious going forward to see um, more data because they've, this is uh -huh. a very new program started this year. So do they think it's working? Yeah. I think their, their goal for the year was to respond to 750 calls and we're in September Yeah, and seven, that's 700 already. Wow. Sounds cool. Carly, what about you? What do you think should have gotten more attention? The story that I think should have gotten more attention was, um, a Houston woman went out to celebrate her birthday, um, 
And she was with her husband and they were getting in the car, leaving Prospect Willowbrook. It's a like a restaurant that a lot of people go to here in Houston. Um, and while she went to when she went to her car, there was a napkin sitting on like her door handle. Which is weird. Yeah, exactly. Very strange. So um, (laughs) she didn't want to touch the door handle. So she picked it up with the tip of her finger and then went back inside to wash her hands. A couple minutes later, she started feeling a tingling sensation in her fingers and then it went into her arm. She got really numb and had to go to the hospital. Um, She was lightheaded, couldn't really breathe. And she was in the hospital for over six hours with unstable vitals. Her blood pressure was really high and they determined that she had acute poisoning by an unknown substance. Um, She didn't have enough in her system to determine what the substance was. Which we assume is that napkin. Exactly, yeah. Was there any hint that she was going to be kidnapped? or We don't know what was going on with this weird napkin, right? Or who did it or why? Exactly. They don't really know who did it or why. Um, I guess it's more so an assumption that people are making um, while they're covering the story that it was for Mm -hmm. kidnapping or trafficking, um, because those are things that people typically use to kind of knock you out quickly. But it's just the idea of it is just terrifying to just watch out for. I couldn't even really comprehend this when I saw this, because to me, I mean, when I'm Getting into my car, I'm kind of thinking about my general surroundings, maybe underneath the car. But if I saw Mm -hmm. a napkin on my car, I have no idea what I would have done. I mean, that's just so strange. You know, what I did afterwards, um, my mom's a nurse. So she told me to put gloves in my purse. So if I see something (laughs) like that, she's like, double up on a pair of gloves before you, you know, like pick it up off the car and then go wash your hands. So now I'm walking around with gloves in my purse every day. <laughs> so, you know? <laughs> oh, that one is so weird. Yeah. What about you, Lisa? Uh, for me, the story that I thought should get more attention is sort of, it's a story about climate change in a way. Um, mm-hmm. This uh, writer for The Atlantic um, says that Homeowners should get white roofs. And he says this is true for everybody in the United States, but especially in Houston, and here is why. It's because when the sun shines down on your roof, if it's black, it soaks up the heat. And if it's white, it reflects more of that heat back into space. You know, we don't need it here in Houston. Let it go. And he's saying that lighter colored roofs make sense, even where he lives in the Pacific Northwest. But Hmm. here in Houston, oh my God, it makes so much sense. We are looking at urban heat island stuff getting worse and worse. And I just think this is something more people ought to think about. You know, I look around my neighborhood and the roofs are getting blacker and darker, not lighter. So, How much does it cost to paint a roof? Well, it's about, I mean, shingles cost the same. I mean, if you want to get a metal roof, those are good at reflecting heat, but those are expensive. You know, gray shingles might cost a little more than black ones, but they last longer because they're not stressed out by so much heat. Mm -hmm. See, I've always heard that about, you know, black attracts heat whenever we're wearing clothing, but you would have never thought about it (laughs) in terms of your roof of your house. Yeah, I mean, if you've walked barefoot on pavement, you know the difference. Mm-hmm. Huh. 
but I that's think it's true. something that we just don't think about. It's kind of habit. Yeah, it, yeah that's true. And so, anyway, that, that kind of has me thinking, so. All right, y'all, what is making you happy this week? Rachel? I am obsessed with Serena Williams, okay? So... If you, if you saw, she announced her retirement, which was, or I guess she's called it uh-huh. an evolution out of tennis, um, and is moving uh. on to other ventures. She's got a uh, a venture capital firm, actually. And so she's coming into the yeah. U.S. Open, hasn't played many competitive matches. Um, and on Monday, she beats the 80th ranked person in the world. Serena's not, she's not ranked. I have no idea what she is right now, but she's not ranked. She's she taken some time off. Yeah. 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 And she came in, won that. And then on Wednesday, she beat the number two seed in the tournament. And it's just been incredible to see someone who has been at the top of the sport for so long, in her own words, actually be able to just kind of play like she did before she had an X on her back. You know, she's been in the spotlight for forever and she's finally just getting to let go. And, oh, man, it's just so fun to watch her. So I've been I've been paying attention to that. I love seeing her daughter in the stands. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I know. It's uh it was her birthday on Thursday. Oh. <laughs> I want to see what she invests in. I know. You know? Mm-hmm. I want her investing in stuff here in Houston. I think that would be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Carly, what about you? What's making you happy? So my happy story also has a bit of sadness in it. Uh-oh. So there was a patient in the Baylor St. Luke Medical Center um, named Noah Latrobe, and he was diagnosed with terminal um, colon cancer, and his last wish was to marry his fiance. And what's happy about this story is the fact that they put a wedding together for him in 48 hours. Mm And I thought oh. this was so beautiful how the staff came together. Um, there was donations from HEB, the American Cancer Society, uh, Men's Warehouse. Like so many people came together to get this done within 48 hours so that he can have his last wish. Um, the couple is from Pearland. Um, mm-hmm. And they met, I think, working at a bar in California. But uh-huh. they 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 live in Pearland now, and yeah, I just thought that the staff was just so sweet to do something like this, and I just thought it was beautiful. Oh, yeah, sad but also really sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Mine is oh, it feels so fluffy compared to y'all's, but okay, here goes. <laughs> so, do y'all remember Chameleonaire? Um, mm-hmm. in- in 2006, he yeah, had this like, yeah. huge hit, riding, and I swear I heard it blasting out of the sound system of every car that was beside me at a stoplight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was that, you know, don't you know I'm riding dirty? No. And, you know, it, was, it was low, and it was slow. <laughs> it was so Houston. Mm-hmm. It was such a big hit that Weird Al Yankovic parodied it um, with, like, white and nerdy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Uh-huh. So anyway, um, this week, uh, Chameleon Air has like kind of cashed in by doing this ad for CarMax. Mm-hmm. And, you know, normally I hate any kind of selling out to do ads, but this one just cracks me up. You know, they've changed the song to Ride in 30 because CarMax has, I don't know, some kind of 30-day guarantee, whatever. <laughs> 
but the joy of it is seeing Chameleon Air, you know, in this great stupid ad that knows it is ridiculous. You know, it starts with him in a hot tub looking out on some, I think it's an imaginary cityscape. It's not Houston. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But then it pans back and you see tigers, twin tigers sitting out in front of the hot tub. I have not seen this yet. I haven't seen it oh either. Oh my God, Carly, you got to look it up. And then there's there's like this fleet of yellow vehicles uh, with like numbers 30 and somebody blows bubblegum shaped like the number 30. There's a oh, wow. little kid with a grill with the number 30 smack in the middle of his teeth. <laughs> and it's like Chameleon Air is parodying himself you know mm -hmm. you know you don't need weird al to do this and at the same time he's making a buck mm -hmm. and it's really funny and this just amused me mm -hmm. lisa are you big into super bowl ads <laughs> no this sounds like one this it really should be yeah yeah i mean it's good enough it ought to be but <laughs> Anyway, it's one of those that's good enough that I looked it up on YouTube. I went to it intentionally, which, you know, you got to be good for that. Yeah, so. let's go do the same. <laughs> to <Yeah>. see. <laughs> All right, y'all. This has been great. It has. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, thanks, y'all. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, thanks a lot. That is all for our show this week. Our lead producer is Dina Kesba. Our producer is Carleon Jones. Brooke Lewis writes our daily newsletter. Our theme music is by Farrell Gibbs and his band, All the Kimonos. And I am your host, Lisa Gray. We will not be back on Monday because that's Labor Day. Talk with you Tuesday. Have a great long weekend, y'all. That is it for our show today. Our senior per... Blech. Nope, I can't do it. All right. Lead. Lead. All right. Just wait till I get to your name, Carly. All right. <laughs>